Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast presented by us here at Proudmouth. I'm Matt Haller and your host. This show has a very simple foundation to meet amazing people who have risen above the noise, who are unapologetically themselves and have embodied being their own loud. Using these interviews as inspiration, our purpose is to help you amplify your voice to become the subject matter authority you were meant to be. Be your own loud. Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. The goal of this podcast is very simple, for us to bring you unbelievable guests who have inspiring stories that will help you figure out how to rise above the noise and be your own loud. And our guest today is no different. His name is Jeff Lopes. He is a life coach, entrepreneur, and overall just freaking amazing person. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I mean, appreciate it. This is going to be a fun conversation, man. I, 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 I loved your intro. I love your energy. I, I could tell this is going to be an infectious, fun conversation today. So thank you for having me, brother. Well, thanks, man. And I'm, I have some questions for you. So this now, everybody to know, you know, a lot of times when we're on these shows, uh, you know, I try to keep myself out of this as much as possible. But because of Jeff's background and because he specifically focuses and works with dads who are entrepreneurs, some of the things that I've actually personally experienced, I'm just going to flat out and ask you for some advice. I'm totally putting you on the spot, brother. But first off, here's the, the first question I start every show off with is, is tell me your story. Who are you and where did you get where you are? I've uh, God, I've, I'm, I'm a 44-year-old Toronto, Canada resident, born and raised in Toronto, Canada, been married for almost 18 years, got two incredibly, I call them super active kids. My kids are super athletes and uh, 13-year-old son, Tiago, and my daughter, Sierra, is 15, which are the joys of my life. I've been an entrepreneur for, I, I always tell people, close to 26 years of my life, but to be honest, it's been even longer. I started my first company at 17, and I've always been a type where I start things, exit, start, exit. I get bored of things pretty quickly. And uh, 2006, started a company called Camorra, where thinking I was going to exit this company as well. And uh, 15 plus years later, we still got the company going strong. And that's allowed me, propel me to other companies like True Blue Homes, which is a vacation rental company and all these other things. But my true story honestly started 13 years ago. Uh, 13 years ago, I was your typical entrepreneur, Matt. I was, I was working crazy hours. I was never home. Um, had a, my daughter was about a year and a half old. My, my, I've been married for a couple of years. And... It was, uh, my wife was 31 weeks pregnant. It was a Friday afternoon and uh, we got that call and she got got rushed to the hospital. And it was one of those aha moments where uh, my life just suddenly just turned upside down. And I was put in a room. My wife had just gone through surgery and um, she was in the recovery room. And I almost lost my wife and my son uh, the same night. They put me in a room and they uh, looked at me and said, my my son already had about five, 10 minutes left of life. And do you have a name for him? And um, the first name that came to my head was uh, Tiago, which in Portuguese means God's warrior. And I just wrote that down on the birth certificate. And I'm not even a religious person. And I just wrote that on the birth certificate. And uh, we are, um, God, we're very blessed that in, in Toronto, Canada, we have one of the best pediatric care hospitals in the world, Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. And that became our primary home, I would say, for the next four months of his life. He was born with six severely damaged organs. Part of his brain was severely damaged. He was the smallest kid in kid's history to be on dialysis at two and a half pounds. And it was, it was, and through the whole process of four months, we almost lost him three or four times. And he became my purpose. At that point, I'm a strong believer that you could have a ton of purposes at one time. A lot of people say, yeah, that's your purpose. And that's, no, I, I believe is your, your wife could be a purpose. Your kids could be a purpose. You have so many different types of purposes, but, but uh, you can have so many different purposes, but Essentially, at that time, those four months, he was my purpose. I wanted to get him home. And against all odds, 
at around four months old, we kind of started to looking at the docs and say, hey, it's time to take him home. And the, and the, and the docs and all the other departments that were taking care of him didn't want to release him at that point. He was still four and a half pounds. He still hadn't swallowed once he was on feeding tubes. And, and after pushing, shoving and, and screaming, shouting, we convinced the doctors to, to discharge him. And when he was discharged, like I said, he was four and a half pounds. He was still on feeding tubes. We were given a one ounce bottle to feed him. He had reflexes and, uh, and, and it took about a couple of months to teach him how to swallow, but we're giving discharge papers and his discharge papers were diagnosis of several palsy. Okay. And that was his label. And uh, we were told he would be confined to a wheelchair his whole life. And I remember getting home and this is a conversation I have with a lot of people. I, I remember getting home and I, and I looked at my wife the next day and I said, my biggest fear is waking up at 56 years old and looking at my son and realizing that I didn't do everything I possibly could to give him the best outcome I possibly could. So my journey started and that's when for the last 13 years, fatherhood, parenting became a huge part of what I do and what I'm all about. And I studied and I learned and I surrounded myself with great dads. And, and I started dedicating three to four hours a day of my life to my son. And through the whole process, we took everything as a big win. When he was six months old and he laughed for the first time, that was a big celebration. When he was a year and a half old, when he stood up and balanced himself for the first time, huge celebration. And with enough therapy and enough training, and I was spending three, four hours a day with my son, I got him to start taking his first steps and we convinced the doctors that he could walk and we convinced him to put on my AFL's braces. And we got him to transfer into braces and they had braces up to his knees. And um, we were told it was a huge miracle that he was on braces. We were told he'd be on braces too. He was about 19, 20. And I would set these massive goals for my son. And, 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 and we put these signs outside my son in my daughter's room where it says, believe in yourself. And I make them do affirmations every night and say it four or five times. And we put all these goals and, and like hopping on one leg was a massive goal. And it took three months, every single day, two, three hours to hop on one leg. And it was just this process and process. My son's mindset is, is un, it's, it's incredible. His, his mindset and his, his drive is just, it's, it's, it's nonstop. And, and through the process, we set a goal that by his 12th birthday, we'd be out of braces. And by his 12th birthday, we'd run a marathon together. Everybody thought we were crazy. And April 19, 2021, he turned 13. April 18, he was one year out of his braces. April 18th, we ran our first marathon together. And this has been this incredible journey. And through the process, man, I, I, everything I've learned about being a dad and being present and learning how to be present and learning how to live in the moment, live with no regrets, all these things, I realized that I needed to share to other dads. And that's when my process with teaching other dads and, and I still run all my companies, but teaching other dads and, and, and teaching them. I was on a Zoom call this weekend. A gentleman invited me to his group, of, it was 51 men. And we had 38, I think it was 37 of the 51 men on, on, the, on, the, on the group crying. Oh. And uh, it was just this incredible conversation. And it's just learning how to live with no regrets, learning how to put non-negotiables into your daily schedule, learning how to be the best dad and be the best partner you could possibly be. And, and, and everything seems to come together once you really learn how to focus and tone on that. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs, you hear the word balance, Gary V's and all these massive entrepreneurs, they balance. There's no such thing as balance between work and home. Yeah, there is. When you're home, you have the balance. When you're at work, you have the balance. It's learning how to manage them both and learning how to sacrifice what has to be sacrificed in your life to make sure they're both taken care of. So that's me in a nutshell. And that's where I am at 2021, just uh, living my pulse and trying to help and serve as many people as I can, right? Oh, there's a lot there to unpack. So my first question is, how did you study to be a better dad? Where, where, I mean, where do you go for that as a dad? I mean, dude, there's Learning. people this right now who heard that, Jeff, and they're like, 
okay, so what books did he read? Who did he talk to? Can you give us a little bit of guidance on that, please? I, I was very lucky to have an incredible dad. Oh, okay. And 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 I really turned to my dad, and, and we'll get into his story in a bit, I guess. But I really turned to my dad for advice, and I really turned to other gentlemen that I, as growing up, I saw other dads that I thought were incredible, and they had done an incredible job with their children, and I was just called them for advice, and 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 I started taking memories, and as I got, and, and it was I was going through a stage in my life where, when you're young, time is abundance. As you get older, you start looking at your parents get older, you start realizing time is a currency. And I started really honing in and started really focusing on memories that my dad built with me when I was a kid. And why he did certain things and why he did certain actions and why he, he took us on certain places and certain vacations, why he spent certain times with us. And everything started making sense. Hmm. Like my dad was a Ford factory worker, but he one thing that it took me years later till I was an adult to realize that he realized that time was measured and, and your, your, your wealth was measured by your financial freedom. And why I'm saying that is, and this is something he wouldn't actually say, but I realized what he was doing. Back then working at Ford, you would be paid 30 something bucks an hour. If you worked overtime, you get time and a half. If you worked weekends, you get triple time. Mm -hmm. Ford was an incredible job back then. If you, had, you got in Ford, you're laughing. And yeah. my uncles, my family, like we had everybody working at Ford, friends of the family, everybody worked at Ford on the assembly line back then. Everybody worked weekends, everybody worked overtime. My dad never worked overtime, never worked weekends. He could have had a nicer car, a nicer house, but he realized spending time with his family and being home every single weekend was more important than the wealth and the stuff. So he understood those things. So those are all things that as I got older and I started looking at my son and my daughter and I started taking those 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 moments and really honing them in and understanding them and actually adding value to them and realizing how to impact them into my life so those are all things that is all started coming together and man it's just it's 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 so valuable that i i, I say this all the time like there's a lot of guys that'll turn around and, and a lot of gentlemen will turn around and be like i'm, I'm holding my kids for two hours a day but are you really home with your kids are you really present are you really present? Are you are they on their computer or on their video games and you're on your phone or or are you present? What I talk about present is taking my kids and my kids are homeschooled now because obviously COVID, they're now hopefully going to go back to school in September. But when I get home, because they've been in that home environment all day, me being present is taking them out of their environment. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's go spend some time at the park. Let's go for an ice cream. Let's go for a hike. It's taking them out of their environment, turning off the phones, being present, talking to them, asking them questions. And all these little things about building memories too. There's so many things that I've learned off my dad that now I imply with my kids how to build memories on road trips and how to document memories through developing photos, which is probably one of the most lost arts in the world. And I, and I try to push on everybody else. So there's so many different layers to it, Matt. Well, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. And, yeah. and so for those people who don't have that, father figure that you had available to you what do you tell them be be the example that you want your children to remember you by i call it i mean you always hear that living eulogy right yes right write down on a piece of paper how you want to be remembered by your loved ones your family your closest friends now study that are you living by that something simple like that right and also just learning how to build the memories right it's just i i look at my kids now and everything i do is about filling their memory bank which is 
great, great memories that one day that I'm not around, that they're, they are going to just sit there and have story after story that they sure. can put a smile on their face. I just lost my dad 10 weeks ago. Oh. And it's been the, probably the hardest, I wish he was 11 weeks as this week. And it's been the hardest 11 weeks of my life. Uh, he was, I can't stress enough, he was my best friend. I was, I was a 44-year-old that would call my dad two, three times a day. I would call my dad every night to say goodnight. And uh, it was May 6th. I called him to say goodnight. It was a Thursday night. And um, 11, 10.30 at night, and we had a conversation. And I got that phone call Friday morning at 6 in the morning. He got up, regular routine, went to the bathroom, came back to bed, which was about to get up, and um, fell in front of my mom and had a massive heart attack. Never drank, never smoked. Power watch every day, and it just, it just happened. And I... It's been, like I said, I can't stress enough, man. It's been the hardest 11 weeks of my life, but I also have so many incredible memories with my dad that I was so lucky to have. A lot of people don't aren't as lucky or aren't as blessed to have. And and I think about those memories, and I'm like, I need to fill my memory bank with my kids. I want to sit there and, and, and have these incredible memories with my kids, and one day when I'm not around, they're going to be able to tell their grandchildren about it. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Big Fish? No. Okay, please put that on your list. It, it's unbelievable what you're saying, because my wife and I just watched this movie this weekend. And it's it's a, a story that will resonate very strongly with you. I'm not going to tell you much more about it. Just And watch it with your kids. It's totally kid-friendly. Yeah. It's, it's all about memories, but it's about storytelling, and it's unbelievable. Okay, so I love it when people take the gifts that they've been given and in your situation, it's those memories with your father, being able to instill those sorts of same sort of memory ideas with your kids, but then taking it one step farther, which is being able to pass that knowledge and wisdom on to other people who desperately need that because maybe they don't have that father figure in their life or they just don't know what to do or, or they're feeling what all of us feel who are entrepreneurs, whether you're a man or a woman, even though I know that there's humongous differences there. But what is the biggest thing that you hear from your clients who have opted into work with you about maintaining balance and focus? Because Kelly, who, by the way, was very nice enough to comment and, and, and shout out some nice stuff to us uh, right at the beginning of the show. One of the things that Kelly says is that he wants to be entirely present and focused in what he's doing at that moment, but then he learns how to shift focus. What are you hearing from your clients right now is the biggest struggle that they're facing to have balance in their life or balance like you're talking about at the beginning of the show? Yeah, I mean, I primarily work with with entrepreneurial dads. So I find that there's a lot of pressure on males to be the provider. And, and that might be something a lot of individuals say that's that's kind of old school and all that. But I think the pressure is still there. And there's a lot of pressure on dads to be the provider. And when you have that pressure to be a provider and that pressure that you put on yourself with society, with social media, to, to, to be present when it comes to work, when it comes to everything. You put that pressure on yourself and, and you realize that that business now becomes your baby. That business, that struggle, that especially in 2020 with pandemic, with closures, it's just everybody has gone through this massive struggle to keep their businesses at float or keep their businesses at the top level. And you now start realizing that you start putting things aside. That phone call to a loved one, I'll do it tomorrow. That call to a mom or a dad, I'll do it tomorrow. That visit to visit a friend or someday a relative, I'll do it tomorrow. 
And, and the biggest thing we could do is live with regrets. I mean, yes. once something happens, those regrets haunt us the rest of our lives. Oh, I agree with that. Yesterday meant nothing. I set a lesson. Tomorrow, we don't have a clue what's going to happen. Today is the only moment we have. Today is the present moment. And I think a lot of people, and this is one lesson I try to teach and I try to instill and I try to lock down in, in individuals' mindsets is live with no regrets. Pick up the phone, call the loved one, stop making excuses. Tell your friends, tell your family you love them. And I, 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 I love what you're saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have to challenge you here because yeah. how do you help them switch those gears? Because it's so easy to stay in yeah. that mindset and say, push it off, push it off. What are you doing to interrupt that pattern in a person's mind so that they feel like they can make that call? Cause I support the no regrets thing, dude. I love that. That's how I live my life. Um, I know tomorrow is not promised, so I'm going to try to live in the moment as much as I can today. But I've been training myself for 30 years to live like this. If somebody comes to you, what are you teaching them to interrupt those patterns to make it so that they have the opportunity to say, okay, oh my gosh, I do have time to do that, or I should do that. Help me with that. Yeah, it's not negotiable. I, I tell them to figure out what is truly important to them, what things in their life that they would call non-negotiable. Something in their life, if something were to happen today, they would regret the rest of their life. That becomes a non-negotiable. Those non-negotiables are locked into your schedule. Every single month, we're going to lock a non-negotiable into your schedule. Those locked are locked in. They're not moving. Everything else is built around them. I call it the 3 to 7. I'm home present with my family from 3 to 7 p.m. every single night. That is my family time, having dinner with my family. Those are non-negotiables. Everything else can be built around it. So figuring out what is your non-negotiables in your life, what is truly meaningful in your life, what is going to make that moment, if something does happen, that you're not going to have regrets. And you're going to lock those in your schedule, and you're going to make those as non-negotiables. Once they're in your schedule, they're locked in, whether it's once a week, I'm going to call my, my friend that I haven't talked to. Wait, that's in my schedule. Every Friday at 2 o'clock, I'm going to call them. Make these things non-negotiable. That's the simplest, okay. but it's honestly is the most effective thing to do. Now, you and many people don't know this because I don't do a huge, robust intro because yeah. I just don't I don't like to do that. It maybe is professionally a bad thing to do, but whatever. So one of the things about you uh, that was fascinating to me is that you're a neurolinguistic programming master, and I don't necessarily want you to talk about what that means as much as how utilizing that education, because I use some very specific words there, pattern interruption, and those are neurolinguistic programming terms. How are you helping people stop those tapes? Because it's the tapes that stop those non-negotiables. It's not anything else. Help us with that. Yeah, so it's really just, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The whole NLP, I went through the whole program, and, and, and I literally took out about three or four things that I really utilize on a regular basis. Sure. And a lot of them I pushed aside. And, and with, with NLP is, is really having, I, I use it as, as, as a method of just really learning how to build a communication with somebody, how to break that bridge, how to build commonalities with somebody, how to build rapport with somebody. I use that as my intro to put you at a comfort level where you're going to be able to open up and be honest with me. And once I get to that level, I allow, and I guess it is a form of NLP, I allow you to really tell me what you're looking for. And at that point, is just, I'm just that bridge to setting you in the right direction. That's all it is. It's the simplest thing as possible. Because, and truly, if you really sit down with 90% of people or more, they really know what they want. Yeah. 
they just need a little budge or a little push towards the right direction sometimes, right? Or they need to know that somebody cares, somebody listens, and somebody will give them permission to go ahead and do that. So I, I love in. For those of you who are maybe feverishly looking at putting NLP is, uh, so part of neurolinguistic programming is really it's work on yourself. I just want everybody to know that. And I ask that question because there are a lot of NLP practitioners who try to use some of the neurolinguistic programming techniques, but it's the self-discovery component. We know as coaches, you're you're a certified life coach. I'm 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 a certified life coach. Part of the idea is I can tell you what to do, but that's only going to get you this far. If I can make you realize that you want to do it and it is in your own best interest and it's something that's passionate, it's a non-negotiable, bam, it's through the roof with implementation. And so that's that's huge. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you a couple of quick personal questions. All right. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, and I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur until much later in life. So I was probably, I mean, really fiercely felt the entrepreneurial bug at, at about 36, 37 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 50 now. So one of the big things that I have talked to other male entrepreneurs about is that, yes, the business is a baby and it's a very important component, but as Living in a home, when if you have kids or just a partner, it doesn't really matter. It's the level of lack of appreciation. And I don't think a lot of people understand this. People say, oh, well, you know, you're so successful. You're getting reinforcement all the time. What do you think about that? Are we talking about reinforcement from your loved ones? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I open-ended that because I wanted to see where you were going to go with that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you're, you're, it, 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 there's so many different ways you can look at that, right? And if I'm getting the question right, I have a very supportive wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we have that understanding that she's, she needs her dependence, independence, and I need my independence. And, and that has allowed us to have a great balance. But she is a very polar opposite than I am. She needs a nine to five job. She needs the security. She needs her benefits. She wants to come home and forget about her work. I've been, I've been an entrepreneur since God, 17 is when I really started my first company. And she is my anchor. When I get home, she is the one that gives me that reality check of what is important. Sometimes when my head starts floating in the wrong direction. And that allows me to keep that balance, that anchor at home. And and having that, I think, is very, very important, but also having the support. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go with two different areas with this, but there's with, with the support aspect is that took trust. And, and that took a while because when we first got married and, and I'm starting trying to start all these companies, there's that fear. It's a fear of what risk we're putting on the family financially. But over time, as I financially did well for myself and I financially, my businesses started doing well, my wife learned to build that trust with me. And now she's just completely supportive of any venture idea I have. And, and, but when you are building these companies, you, you always have that, that, that understanding that you have to put yourself in a situation where you hold yourself accountable as well. Sure. And, and when I'm talking about holding yourself accountable, is I, I always tell other entrepreneurs as well is when you are building yourself or starting a business with your family, friends, 
is I always tell people to actually be very open with what you're doing. Tell people what your ideas are. Tell people what your new ventures are, because that also holds you accountable to complete that venture, to be, to put yourself at that level to really strive and push. Because now I'm telling myself, I'm telling everybody, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to hold myself accountable to doing it. Sure. So I don't know if I got if I went to a different direction with that, that question, dude. I, this the show's about you, my friend. It's not about what <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> Well, one of the other things that's interesting, and I, you just opened the door for this with with your wife being very supportive and her being your rock, and you having that that you know non negotiable time from three to seven every day. Something that you said early on was that you like starting new businesses because you get bored. Do you think that that is a where do you think that comes from? Uh, maybe that's because I know a lot of the other people that you are networked with and that you help, they probably experience the same thing. Why do you think that this boredom of, okay, now I'm in it, I want to do something else, where does that come from? I, I don't know if that was an entrepreneurial thing or, or it's more of an artistic side, or, oh. but I think it's just it's, it's, it's something where you, you always want to try to discover the new the new idea, the new venture. It's just something that I think it's, I don't honestly say it's something that's built in me from a young kid. I mean, that's something I think I was essentially born with is that whole idea of just always wanting to try and do when I was young, whether a different sport or a different idea or a different venture, I've always had that in me. And, and I'll give you an example of just how my mind is always working. When my father passed away 11 weeks ago, the first thing I said to my wife is, I, my dad was so stressful to me, I don't want his memory to be lost. And I said to her, and she was looked at me, she, was, she smiled, she goes, what are you going to do business-wise to make that continue? She knew I was up to something. <laughs> and I sat down, and within 24 hours, I decided I was going to write a series of children's books. Oh. And because Sick Kids Hospital is something we've put a lot of effort and time and dedication towards giving back to, I thought this might be a perfect bridge and uh, we started a fund, and that's going to be going towards Sikia's Hospital. And I started a six-book series called Adventures of Grandpa Joe. And they're my dad and my uh, two children in this book. They're characters. And they're all lessons. And the first one is Adventures of Grandpa Joe, Strawberry Mountain, A Lesson on Gratitude. And every single book, I wrote all six already. The first one will be released in about two weeks. And it's just the same thing. It was just one of those things where I feel like I always have to be doing something. And I would just, is anything to keep my mind going? Is that, that, that mindset of a true entrepreneur will never retire. They'll just find another venture to do. And I think that is something that has been instilled in me. And, and most true entrepreneurs, and, and you always, you go back to that whole question. Are you born an entrepreneur? Are you, can you be teaching entrepreneur? I think a true, an entrepreneur is, is born with you, that drive, that hustle. And, and an entrepreneur could be so many different levels. You could be an artist selling your, your art at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, a street gallery a weekly. That's an entrepreneur. Sure. It's just understanding what level you are at and having that hustle and that drive to consistently try to better yourself and improve yourself. And, and, and when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm a strong believer that, that you always are trying to find that next moment, that next thing to, to really propel yourself and propel your career and just give back. You get to that point in your life when you're in your 40s and, and 50s, you, you start understanding it's a lot of it has to do with serving and what memory you're going to leave behind. And I think that's where I am in my life right now is about serving and giving back as much as I possibly can. 
So something that we've talked about a lot on this show and on other other shows is you have a seat at the table. And so, you know, a lot of people are fighting for the scraps underneath the table, but really it's okay. There's more than enough room here. It's the uh, true abundance mindset. How do you serve? How do you give back? How are you doing things to make sure that people realize that there is enough? It's not pie. We can all have a slice. First thing is don't ever go into any conversation or any type of network or meeting expecting something back. Go in with the mindset that you're there to serve. And if you could put a smile on somebody's face and you could help that just that one person, everything was worth it. Nice. And I'm all about networking. I network with about 12 to 15 different individuals every single week. And, and the first thing I always ask everybody is, how could I help you? How could I serve you? And like I said, this, this past Saturday, I was on a call and that was just, I met somebody. They said they needed some help. I know financially they couldn't afford to have services for coaching, business coaching. I ended up spending almost two hours of my day helping them. And then they said, listen, we got a, we got a, I got a call with other men. I think you'd really, really help. You mind coming on on Saturday, jumped on the call. It's all about serving all about serving and when you don't put any expectations into it it all comes back in full amount those out of those 51 men are on the call we sold 38 i got 38 book sales but i didn't even ask them sure they researched me and they got 38 book sales from that call and i got 18 videos and i actually posted one of my videos on my youtube and and linkedin just of one of the gentlemen that was on the call he's a truck driver he pulled his car over and was listening to the whole zoom and he'll send me a video after and I got, so it's just never go into a situation ever expecting. Cause if you go into something, expecting something back, you're in it for the wrong reason. Ooh, I won't let that marinate for a second. The people who come on this show, that seems to be such a common thread, Jeff. It's this idea of service. It's just the idea of giving back. It's the idea of if I go into it, just trying to figure out a way where I can help you just be this much better, happier, smarter, more, whatever it is, right? It changes the entire game and relationship. But if you're hungry, so so we have to look at this from you have had unbelievable success. And a lot of people who've been on the show have had unbelievable success. But there are people who watch the show and listen to this podcast who have not achieved that success and are hungry. They need to sell. They need to do this. What advice do you have for them? You've got to be the hardest worker in the room. You have to be able to figure out what areas in your life you are willing to sacrifice to be the best I'm up at 4.30 every morning, not because I like waking up at 4.30. I hate waking up at 4.30. I've been doing it for almost 13 years. I rub my eyes and I curse every morning. But I realize if I'm up at 4.30, from 4.30 to 9 o'clock, I can get most of my day done. That allows me to the abundance to the rest of the day to do podcasts, to meet people, to network, to deal with my staff, to, to go see my parents, to go see my mom. Now, that allows me to do what I want to do. But I'm up at 4.30. Most people won't sacrifice to be up at 4.30. If I have to work an extra three hours a night when my kids go to bed, I'll do it. Learning what areas you are willing to sacrifice. And I think another thing too is is being able to, and I think this is very important, understand that your health and your well-being mentally, spiritually, physically need to be at the top of your 
mountain. They got to be your top thing that you have prioritized in your life. I focus on my business. Everything is family, but I still put my health mentally, spiritually, physically above everything else. Because if I can't be at my peak, how am I going to be able to serve everybody else under me and, and, and be present at my max? So I do make sure I take time for myself. I make sure, I mean, people call it a daily holiday. I'll take 15, 20 minutes every day and just do something I enjoy. I make sure I take care of myself physically and work out every day. Doing all these things allows me to be able to serve everyone at my best. And then when it comes to business, like you said, learn how to be the hardest worker in the room. Never be the smartest guy in the room. Because you're the smartest guy in your room. You always hear this. You're in the wrong room. Yeah. And then never be scared to ask questions, Matt. A lot of people start a business. A lot of people get into a new venture and they sit back and they watch all these amazing companies that they want to be. And they try to figure it out on their own. Why are you doing that? Pick up the phone. Yeah. Send an email. You'd be surprised how many people will help you. Reach out to individuals or companies that are where you want to be that are on the same path as you, or even below you, but they're on the same path as you. And take advice from them, ask them questions. Don't be scared to ask questions because that is going to speed up the process so much faster. Get a mentor, get a coach. There's so many different ways to speed up the process and eliminate a lot of mistakes that other individuals have done already and they can teach you not to do. I love that. And, and I always have found that the, the people who have accelerated that process has always, have always hitched their wagon to somebody, somebody, something, somewhere. And the other thing that and I was just talking to the new CEO of a company, very quick story here, a company who I've looked up to in our, our industry, financial services forever. His name's Bill Good. He started the first real marketing company for financial advisors in North America. Okay. And I remember when I was talking with my partner, Kirk, and, and we were creating a wish list of the people who we wanted on our original Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, which still exists today. And we still are doing a whole bunch of those. And I was like, I want Bill Good. And Kirk's like, you're never going to get Bill Good. He was ribbing me. I love this. He's my partner for a reason. And it was funny. I called Bill Good Marketing. The gatekeeper answered the phone. I said, hi, my name is Matt Haller, and I'd like to talk to Bill Good. She transferred me right in there. Bill Good, this is the godfather of marketing in an entire trillion dollar industry. And he picked up the phone and talked to me for 30 minutes. Don't ever, ever, ever be afraid to call, to ask. Because here's the deal. There were a bunch of no's. Uh, be honest with you, right? There are a bunch of people who are like, I don't have time. Fine, great. I'm going to move on. But if you create that list, if you create that focus, that's really important. Now, I want to summarize something else that you said there. Because Jeff was just saying that you need to be the hardest worker in the room, but he didn't budge on the non-negotiables, right? So he still is going to be able, and he still wants you to still take that protected time because all of us will run ourselves into the ground, but we are not an infinite battery. We have to recharge yourself. And if you don't know how to chart, recharge yourself, that is the first question you can ask anybody who's a mentor, who you can look to to be more successful, right? Get online, find somebody on LinkedIn, ask them a question in one of the chats. You're going to be really surprised how quickly people will respond to that because so many people who have achieved good levels of success who you probably look up to much like Jeff, they are in an abundance mindset. They are willing to help. They really, really want to make sure that you are focused and you are going to be successful because a rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, Jeff, so my last question is the same question that I ask everybody, which is 
what should I have asked you? Oh, what should you have asked me? This has been a great conversation. Uh, God, I mean, a question I always ask everybody, and I guess no one's ever really asked me is, how do you want to be remembered? One day when you're gone, how do you want to be remembered? And I've always wanted to see if somebody would ask me that question. Okay, well, how do you want to be remembered? I want to know. I, I, that's fascinating. I, I honestly want to be known and remembered my loved ones and my, and my family as somebody that no matter what was always there. When somebody needed me, I was one way or another, I made sure I was always there and I made my way to make sure that person was taken care of. And, 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 I, and I try to live like that, man. I try to honestly, and sometimes it's hard when you have a busy schedule and life is busy and you've got kids and you've got sports and you've got businesses and you've got podcasts and you're writing books and you're coaching. And man, uh, there's so many different levels of what I do, right? I got three corporations. There's so many levels of what I do, but you have to somehow find time and be there for somebody that needs you. Because that one phone call could make a world of difference in somebody's life. And, 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 and there's certain ways to do that too. And I'm going to run that quickly is when you do focus on your schedule, I always tell people one little lesson I'll give you at the end here is focus on the white, the blank spots, of your schedule, the white parts, of your schedule, because those are just as important as the field spots. So those white parts of your schedule, those blank spots could also be the spots that you make those phone calls that you fill up with, calling your loved ones or putting in the situation in, in, in the moments that you need to reach out to somebody. So there's ways to find time for everything. And, and I just want to be known as somebody that was always there for you when they needed us. Well, I needed you today. So thank you for allowing me to pick your brain, spend some time, get to know you better and to share all of this magnificent wisdom, dude, this is, this is huge. So uh, we just put up all of Jeff's links. Please make sure that you follow him on LinkedIn, that you're following him on YouTube. Find out more about who he is because we just scratched the surface today. I might actually have to add that to the show now. I, I love the idea of asking people how they want to re be remembered, but I might need to give them a little primer because you know that's a heavy question, brother, right? I mean, that's there's could be some people who are like, man, I don't know how I want to be remembered. And maybe that would be a great end to the show. Well, you know what? Why don't you come back when you find out how you want to be remembered? Many, many years ago, we did an exercise that our clients would write a eulogy and then they would literally lay in a casket and I would read their eulogy while they were laying in a casket. Now, this was really heavy and I don't recommend many people do this because unless you're really prepared to deal with the emotions involved, which I'm uniquely qualified to do, I don't recommend that you're doing that. But when then people would get out and I would say that's the only time you're ever getting out of one of these. And it was life changing for people. And I think when they then reread their eulogy, Jeff, it had a very, very different sort of perspective. You can't get anywhere if you don't have the end in mind, everybody, because then you don't know where you're going. You're going to get on a treadmill and you're going to run, 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 run. And you get really super freaking tired, right? But if you know that there are, here's where you want to go and here's all the milestones in place that you need to yeah. celebrate when you do that, which it sounds like you do that regularly because that's another way to recharge your battery. Please make sure that you do that. All right. So LinkedIn, absolutely follow you on, on social, listen to the podcast, go to the website. We got all of that stuff in there. Any other place that they should follow you? I'm, I'm primarily on IG, Instagram. That's where um, I'm most active and it's just at Jeff Lopes. And uh, yeah, I appreciate this so much, man. This has been a fun conversation. I love what you're doing. I love your branding. I love everything you're doing. So congrats on all that.
energy is infectious. So uh, keep keep moving forward, brother. You're doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. The whole idea behind this podcast is for you to get introduced to people like Jeff, who you might not have had the chance to know, that you can find out what you can do to unapologetically be yourself, to rise above the noise and to be your own loud. And just take a moment today and think about what those non-negotiables are. Write them down, build them into your calendar, and build the rest of the day around that. So for Jeff and for all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.